Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Canton Church. We gather every week in Canton, Georgia to worship and grow together through God's Word. We exist because generations matter. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad to be in here. I'm always, in, I'm always here. I'm just usually in the back. But I'm very excited to be here. And hey, check it out. I've got paper notes. It's like I didn't even know they still made paper these days. That was a joke. It was funnier than what you gave me credit for. But, but speaking of old stuff, you know, i.e. paper, I grew up kind of, sort of, in the 80s and early 90s. So that means that uh, one of my favorite movies when I was growing up is called The Never-Ending Story. Anybody familiar with that? I got some hand claps. Get some love from that movie. So you guys, those of you who have seen it, know that the main character in that movie, his name is Bastion, not Sebastian, but Bastion, right? And he's kind of a kid, he's going through some stuff, all right? His mom has just passed away in the movie, and he's got a little bullying problem that he's dealing with at school, but he loves to read, and that's kind of his escape, right? So he finds this, this archaic, eclectic bookstore and goes in, and he finds this book in like the really old section called The NeverEnding Story. And the curmudgeon of a bookstore keeper comes out and he's like, hey, you don't want to have that book. It's dangerous or whatever. So what happens when you tell that to a middle school boy? That's, a, that's right. He's going to want that thing that's dangerous. So he grabs the book, throws it in his backpack, and of all places, he runs to school. Never did really figure that. He was kind of already cutting class anyways. But he goes back to school and he continues with his cutting class deal and he goes straight to the attic where he starts to read this book. He breaks out a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then hunkers down for the story. And then something incredible happens. As he is reading, he becomes immersed in the story, like he is taking part in what is going on in an almost C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia type of thing going on. And so Bastion and the hero from the book, Atreyu, they are kind of tasked with dealing with this force in the land of Fantasia called the nothing. So the nothing is a a force of destruction that is going throughout the land, and whenever it touches anything that is living, it absolutely decimates it, destroying it, leaving nothing in its wake, which is why it's called the nothing to begin with. So I think something very similar happens to Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 37, in that God comes and supernaturally takes Ezekiel from where he's at into a valley that's filled with dry bones. Nothing but dry bones. It's a place of destruction and death and desolation. It's so dry, it's so dusty, it's so full of death that... He's just, he, he really doesn't know exactly what to do. He's in awe. And then, then God, as, as only God can do in situations like this, he puts, a, he puts a temporal entity, like you and me, like human, in this place surrounded by death and destruction. And God asks Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones Live. So let's go to the text, Ezekiel 37, 
verses 1 through 10 and get a better context of what's going on here. The Bible says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you. Then you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and, ex and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Everybody listen, right here. As we stand on the edge of 2019... I believe with everything that's inside of me that God wants to do in you and me what only God can do. And that is breathe life into things and places and dreams in our lives that we have long perceived to be dead. So, amen. Praise the Lord. That's right. So, in order, in, in, in order to find out how God wants us to operate when we are surrounded by death, Let's, let's go back to the scripture and let's, let's see if we can figure out what's going on here. So, when we go to Ezekiel 37, we, we immediately see two very weird and strange things going on. The first one being that God takes Ezekiel from a perfectly normal place, you know, where we think he's just kind of hang, hanging out, living life, and he supernaturally plucks him and places him in a place that is full of of bones, death, and destruction. So that's the first weird thing. The second place is there actually exists a valley that is full of dry bones. I mean, come on now. That's a little strange. But so I, I think these, these things being, being the, the two things we want to focus on here, let's, let's ask three questions about these strange instances. Number one, let's ask how did they get there? Number two, let's ask, what is the purpose of them in that place? Then number three, we'll figure out what meaneth this for all of us. So e Ezekiel, e Ezekiel is fairly easy because as we read the text, it's, it's obvious. It doesn't take a PhD in systematic theology to figure out that Ezekiel is where he's at because God has ordained him for this season in his life to be in a valley full of dry bones. And God wants to work in Ezekiel to speak the words of life in a dead place. 
in order to fulfill what God wants to go on in that area. So Ezekiel, he's kind of easy. So, but the dry bones, well, we have to read a little bit further into the scripture. In, we're not going to read it, but in Ezekiel 37, 11 through 14, the Bible actually gives us an explanation of what the dry bones represent. And they represent the house and the nation of Israel. See, what has been going on at this time is because of Israel's sin, God has judged them, and the, Na the Babylonian Empire has come in and sacked Jerusalem and taken everybody hostage over to Babylon. And to understand the significance of that, that they were taken from the place of God's purpose for their life. The land of Israel for the nation of Israel was the place of promise. It's the place that God had told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm going to bring you out and I'm going to establish you as a great nation. You're going to affect the world from this place right here. You're going to build a place that's going to house my presence. So for the, for the nation of Israel to be away from that meant that they were away from the very presence of God and for the purpose that God had originally tended for them. They were in Babylon, and their bones were dry and crusty because there, were, there was no life, because they were cut off from the source of strength. So what meaneth this for all of us? It simply means that sometimes the path to God's purpose for you and me leads through a valley of dry bones. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the path of God's purpose for you and me leads straight through a valley of dry bones. And if you find yourself here this morning and you, you think or you believe that you are in a valley of dry bones for whatever reason, I believe that if you think you're there, that you're in one of two camps. Number one... God has called you to that place for a purpose. It could be that God wants to supernaturally work through you to affect change and bring life where there is no life and bring hope where there is no hope. And God wants to work through you to bring that to people that you can uniquely reach. So that's number one. So and that, that's Ezekiel, right? But number two, you could be in a valley full of bones, and you could identify with that because maybe you're going through something. Maybe you're just at a place where you can't find hope, and maybe it's not, not like all in your life. Maybe you're not getting up depressed, but maybe there's an area in your life that, that used to have life, that God had purpose for something. Maybe it was a calling. Maybe it's a relationship with a family member. Whatever it is, maybe that place is meant to be alive, but because of whatever has happened, you have said, oh, well, it's not going to happen. I might as well just get on with my life and let it die. Or maybe it could be you're just far away from God and you're so plugged into the things of this world that you can't see a way out. Well, if you find yourself in the latter, let me encourage you a little bit. If you find yourself identifying with the dead bones and you're in that dry place, let me tell you that when you're in a dry place, it does not matter how you got to the dry place. 
The only thing that matters when you're in a dry place is how can you get out of the dry place. And the temptation that the devil would come in here and have you to believe is that your circumstances, where you're at right now, is your fault. The past can't be changed. What's done is done. And you might as well just sit and waller in the slop that you are in in life. But let me tell you that Jesus Christ came and died for you and me while we were yet sinners. Jesus came, amen. When Christ when Christ crucified, when Christ was crucified on the cross and he was sacrificed, the book of Hebrews tells us that he came as a high priest of the good things to come. That when he died, he went in to the tabernacle in heaven with his own blood and made atonement with our, for our sins once and for all. And because God did that, our consciences were able to be cleansed for the first time in history and we could actually follow God and do what is right. And because of that, the sin that we have done is covered by a multitude of God's grace. Because of his sacrifice, we can boldly approach the, thir the throne of grace to obtain mercy in time of need. And I would say that God wants you to realize this morning that you need to stop thinking about what is past. God wants you to reach out to him no matter where you're at. If, you're, if you are identifying with those dry bones, God wants you just to reach out and grab a hold of his grace with both arms. And you don't worry about the change in your life. You let the Holy Spirit bring the change that needs to happen in you. And you just love God and reach out to him and get plugged into church and read your Bible and do the things that are going to bring spiritual nourishment <coughs> to your life. I got choked. <laughs> Too many words, not enough breath. I need some breath. Quit wasting time worrying about the past and what can't be changed. Hold on to what God has for you. You know, and sometimes you can be in a dry place because of life, happenstance, right? I mean, you could have, you, you could be a planner, you could have planned everything. You're doing the Dave Ramsey thing and you've got like six months of expenses in the bank and then all of a sudden... Something happens, you lose your job, and the savings just go, and they're not there. You're having trouble finding work. You find yourself in a dry place. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a, a sickness or a disease that just, something that just pops up, or maybe it's not like something terminal. Maybe it's just in this season of sickness, you, you're just sick and you know it seems like you've constantly got a sinus infection going on and you're just in a dry place maybe you just find yourself on the side of 35 that's closer to 40 and those those dreams and that that calling that God had placed on your life when you were in your teens and 20s you have just sent that to the graveyard of broken dreams because you don't believe that they can come true because of where you're at in your life. If you're listening to me and you find yourself in a valley surrounded by dead, dry bones, know that either God has placed you there to bring life where death has previously prevailed, or God wants you to bring you out of the place of hopelessness and perceive death into the light of his purpose for you. 
but you might be sitting there and you're saying like, Matt, I, I hear all that. I get it. But things in my life, where, where I'm at right now, I'm so dry. Like, I don't even have it within myself to, to even think about having hope. I can't even hope to have hope. That's where I'm at. Well, Ezekiel felt the same way. Like, when I read the text and God, he brings Ezekiel, God brings Ezekiel to this place, I think Ezekiel is just like sitting around. It's like, all right, God, bunch of bones. What do you want me to do here? And God's like, can these bones live? Well, the fact of the matter is, Ezekiel is so taken aback by his surroundings that he can't even bring himself to hope and think what God could do in this situation. Here, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a real life example. The story that you're about to hear is true. It actually happened. My wife can corroborate and tell everybody that I'm guilty. So, in the, in the winter and spring of 2010, my family and I were living in Minot, North Dakota, which is in northern, north central North Dakota, about 50 miles south of the Canadian border as the crow flies. And that winter had been a particularly hard and snowy winter. And most of you are like, oh my gosh, when I say that. But the snowpack was so thick, the only thing that the news had talked about was the possibility of flood coming in the spring. So North Dakota, Montana, uh, Alberta, and Saskatchewan, Canada, they all braced themselves for the snowpack in the mountains to melt and everything to be flooded. And as April came and the rivers and the lakes began to break up and the water levels began to rise and rise and rise, it became clear that Minot itself was going to be flooded because Minot was situated in a valley in a river. The Suris River ran right through the town. Now, to, to understand why that happened, you'd have to know that Minot, first of all, was a railroad town. It was built in the mid-1880s as the westward expansion of the Great Northern Railway in Minnesota stretched west. What do people in steam engines all need? Water, right? I've seen Thomas the Tank Engine tons of times. They need water, so the town just built up around this place. And over the years, they had built, you know, things to prevent flooding from, from the U.S. up to Canada. But the sheer force of the volume of water that was melting was so great that they could do no, nothing about it. I will never forget the day when the levees broke. I was cutting grass in the parsonage, and I heard the, the siren go off. It was loud. Imagine a siren. And a car like just came, just whipped into the church parking lot. And then over the next eight days, water filled the valley. Homes of people that we went to church with were filled up to 10 feet in water. A, a sister church down the road had 10 feet of water in it. The water didn't crest for eight days and didn't completely finish going down until a week or so after. The devastation that I saw from that, words cannot describe the mess, the, the depression that people were in. It was, it looked like a, a, a bomb had gone off and then they like sprayed the whole thing down with water. It was wet. 
It was nasty. It was devastating. You know, the problem with being in a valley surrounded by dead things is that you're in a valley surrounded by dead things. You know, and whether you identify with Ezekiel and you're in a dry place because of God's divine calling and purpose or you feel like it's your bones that are filling the floor, the temptation is to look around at your surroundings and believe what you see. You know, because what you believe to be true about your circumstances in the present will determine your destination down the road. So let me encourage you guys that when you, when you cannot perceive, when you can't see anything else but what's going on around you, you need to close your eyes and open your spiritual ears to hear what the Word of God has to say. This is what happened. Ezekiel, in the midst of the awe and destruction and devastation, God told him, he said, Ezekiel, say to the bones, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. See, when you open your, hear, your ears to hear the word of God, things that you have long perceived dead begin to have life again. The Bible says, I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. The key to making it through the dry places in your life, where, wherever, if, no matter if you're on divine, uh, a divine mission or if you're the, the bones are on the valley floor and they're collecting dust, is to open your ears to hear what the Word of God says. You've got to listen to it. You've got to read it. You've got to do whatever it is to intake the Word of God because Jesus tells us that there's an enemy around and his deal is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he came that we might have life and have that life more abundantly. And what happens is when you begin to get the Word of God inside of you, it begins to grow. It's got spiritual reproductive properties it begins to undergo some sort of spiritual mitosis and all of a sudden you've got life after life and li and growth after growth that is blowing up inside of you because that's what the word of God does so Ezekiel went out on a limb and trusted God and began to declare the word of God in the valley of dry bones where all he could see was death and then something started to happen a rattling sound and then the bones began to come together I'm telling you guys I look out on 2019 and I hear bones rattling I see family members that are away from God and living like hell coming back to heaven I'm telling you, I hear bones rattling. I see you out there. You've given up on things that God has called you to do, on places of ministry that you know you should be serving in right now. And you're saying because of whatever circumstance, you can't do that. I hear bones rattling, and I see God fulfilling in you the things that he birthed in you when you were young. I'm telling you, I hear bones rattling. And it's going to be all because all these things are going to happen. I'm telling you, God wants to speak life into the dead places in your life, and it will begin because you decide to quit looking at what's going on around you, perk up your spiritual ears, and listen to what the Word of God 
says is true. I hear bones rattling. And you know, as we're kind of getting towards the end here, the Bible, uh, the Bible describes the bones in verse 9 as being slain. Now, I think this is really interesting because you don't use that word unless usually like somebody has been killed in battle, right? Or like an enemy has, you know, come and, and killed somebody. I think that the word slain is used right here because it illustrates the reality that the battles that we face, the valleys that we go through are spiritual. And there's a spiritual war that's going on. And in order to fight a spiritual war, we need real spiritual power and spiritual weapons. You know, that's why at the end, like, it talks about, it, I'm going to breathe life and then I'm going to breathe my spirit into you. So what's happening right there is Ezekiel is prophetically speaking about God sending the Holy Spirit and pouring it out on all people. Jesus tells us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So guys, the power to do what God has called you to do and to live the life that God wants you to live is available to you inside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And God will send his Holy Spirit to baptize you and give you power to do what you know that you need to do and what God has called you to do. In the first place. You know, I don't know what dry bones exist in your life. And I don't know what God things are in your life that you perceive to be dead and are in need of revival. But one thing that I'm absolutely certain of is that I'm in a room filled with Ezekiel's. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God has called you to the place where you're at right now to speak life and to speak his word. And maybe, just maybe, God is waiting on you to get your eyes off of what's going around, what's going on around you, all the things that irritate you, the people, the family members. Quit looking at the things that will get your mind and your eyes off the purpose that God has called you for, which is to speak life and speak the word of truth. You know, whether you feel more like Ezekiel or the dry bones, don't let your present circumstances dictate your destiny. You know, uh, going back to the movie, Bastion and Atreyu didn't. <laughs> you know, Fantasia was destroyed. There was just a little speck left but it was built back stronger than before and I know that that's a story that was made up but the next one's not so after the flood in Minot came you know what we did we mourned with the people that needed to mourn and then we got our butts in gear and got to work and we cleaned up I hauled carpet wet carpet out of basements with a toe strap wrapped around my back going up a floor like a mule I'm telling you, true story, 
you know, there's a, there, there's a lot. I, I found out that Clorox has a lot more uses than washing clothes. I promise. But if you go to mine at North Dakota today, if you didn't know what you were looking for, you couldn't tell that there was a flood that came in 2011 that decimated the town. In lots of ways, it's built better. And that was all because they and we and you and I, we do not need to let our circumstances determine our destiny. Sometimes the path to God's purpose leads straight through a valley filled with dry bones. And I truly believe in 2019 that God wants to revive what the enemy has slain or tried to slay in your life. I believe that God is calling on us to declare his word in the places where he has placed us and speak life to the people where we're at. Now, when all this is said and done, I believe that we'll be able to look towards the front, towards both sides, and towards the back. And I believe that we will see a mighty army of people so large going throughout, spiritually speaking here, Canton, Bartow County, Pickens County, Cobb County, wherever you're at that you're listening to this. And you're declaring with a sound so loud that it shakes the very gates of hell. And our song is unified and we're all talking about Look what the Lord has done for me. He can do it for you too. Everybody, if you would, just stand to your feet. I want to close this out today. If you're comfortable, just reach your hands to heaven. Close your eyes. I want us to engage in God's presence. You know, because the one thing, if we take a look at the story that we've gone through in Ezekiel right here, is that Ezekiel was in the valley of dry bones, the dry bones were in the valley of the dry bones, but guess who was in the valley of dry bones too? God. God was there. So let's just take a few moments and let's engage in heaven with the words that are coming out of our mouth. Steve's going to sing a song. Dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you for your presence. Lord, for your power and for your spirit. God, I thank you, I thank you that you're with us no matter what. God, that if we're in dry places, God, I pray that if people are sitting here, they're parched and they're dry, Lord, I pray that you would send the rain of the Holy Spirit to quench what they need, dear Heavenly Father. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that chains would be broken. I pray that freedom would be in this place and people would go out of here knowing that they have met with you. And God, you are a God that loves them and wants to change them. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash cantonchurchga.